comes not except to steal, kill, and destroy. I have come that you might have and enjoy life, life in abundance until it overflows. Discover how to live the abundant life in Christ through the ministry of Pastor Oseyao Afuakwa. Pastor Afuakwa is the founder and general overseer of Faith House Charismatic Chapel International, a thriving ministry headquartered in Kumasi with a network of churches in Kumasi and Accra, Ghana. God has commissioned him to preach and teach the word of faith for people to know God better, live life better, and impact their world better. Get set for an empowerment that will enable you to live a life of all-round victory, success, and limitless prosperity. God bless you as you listen. Great. David said, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of God. They go from strength to strength. Every one of them in Zion appeared before God. And so on the behalf of Jesus, the Lord and the Holy Spirit, the overseer of a church, I want to welcome you to our discovery and communion service. I expect that the Holy Spirit will minister to you in this service in a unique dimension, in a way that will be a great blessing into your life. Let's bow our heads even as we pray. Spirit of God, we thank you. We give you praise. You are good and your mercy is forever. We thank you. For it's of your mercies we are not consumed. Your compassion fail not. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness towards us. Lord, we bless you and we give you praise today. Holy Spirit of God, you are my helper, my teacher, my guide. Guide me in this service. Instruct me. Grant me utterance. Cause me to speak your right words. Cause me to speak your good word. Cause me to speak your timely word. Let this word bring encouragement, restoration, healing, and deliverance to everyone that is tuning to this broadcast at this time or whatever time they may watch. I thank you and I bless you for your help I'm entitled to and your help that the congregation enjoys in this service. In Jesus' matchless name, amen. All right, so we'll continue our teaching. Uh, I have to pause it to bring you God's prophetic word on your hair shall grow again and I believe that it was a great blessing to you but we have to come back to where we used to be uh, on understanding the times and season. That is a series that we've been running for over two months. I think over two months or close to two months. And it comes from First Thessalonians chapter 5 verse 1. First Thessalonians 5 1. He said, but of the times and the seasons, brethren, you have no need that I write unto you. Of the times and the seasons, brethren, you have no need that I write unto you. And in Acts chapter 1 verse 7, he said, and he said unto them, it is not for you to know the times and the seasons. It's as if Jesus knew that people will always be concerned with times and seasons. And I mean, that is, as you go through scripture, you realize that people have always been preoccupied with times and seasons. And the Bible says that, it is not for you to worry yourself. This one was speaking in another context. It is great for us to discern the times and the seasons. But there are sometimes the Bible says it's not for us to disturb ourselves about it at all. And that is one of such times we'll be looking at tonight. 
in the book of First Chronicles 12, 32, the Bible says, And of the children of Issachar, which were men who had understanding of the times, to know what Israel ought to do. All their brethren were at their, the, the heads of them were 200, and all their brethren were at their commandments. So when we understand the times and seasons, we are able to take charge, we are able to fulfill destiny, we are able to, I mean, once we are able to discern our times and maximize our carrier's moment, life becomes fruitful, life becomes impactful. And that is what we are seeking to do in these seasons. There are various seasons, there are various times. But in this particular context, we are looking at in the events that we have been exposed to as a world, as a people, as a church in the year 2020. We want to have an understanding of what some of these events mean and what the times biblically they are, that the times we are in. So we know how to behave ourselves as Christians, as believers. And so we looked at the time of life, we looked at the time to own our health, the time to unite, the time to change. And tonight, I'm looking at end times. And end times, we have touched on end times, we touched on in the earlier times. Second Timothy chapter 3 verse 1, but know this, Second Timothy 3 1, know this, that in the last days, and the word last days in the Greek means eschatos, it comes from the Greek word eschatos, which means the end times. Or the end of times in the last days, perilous times shall come. Second Peter 3 3. He said, Knowing this first, that first of all, scoffers will come in the last days. In the last days. That talks about end times. So, what times are we in? We said we are in the end times. And when it comes to the events of the end times, it's always important that we approach it from a very from a biblical perspective. And not just by apparition or by emotion or by what somebody claims to have seen in a vision, a dream, or maybe died and in his death saw. Because we hear stories of such things again and again. So Peter, Apostle Paul was speaking to the Thessalonian church. And he wrote to them and he said in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2 verse 1 to 3. He said, now dear brothers and sisters, the New Living Translation, let us clarify some things about the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and how we'll be gathered to him. Don't be so easily shaken or alarmed by those who say that the day of the Lord has already begun. Don't believe them. Even if they claim to have had a spiritual vision or a revelation or a letter supposedly from us. This is Paul, the great apostle, the man who was caught up into the third heavens. He said, listen, when it comes to the events of the end times and the coming of our Lord, no matter what anybody tells you, don't believe them. When they tell you we had a vision, we saw the rapture, you didn't go. We saw the rapture, uh, so-so-and-so person didn't go. This great man of God didn't go. All of those, he said, when you hear things like that, don't believe them. Then he began to give them things. He says, verse 3, Don't be fooled by what they say. For the day will not come until there is a great rebellion against God. And the man of lawlessness is revealed. The one who brings destruction. You see, the reason why Paul sought to bring clarity on matters of the end times is because according to the book of 1 Corinthians 14, verse 8, if the trumpet blows an uncertain sound, there is no one who will be prepared for battle. If the trumpet blows an uncertain sound, if the sound is not clear, if we don't understand, we lack the right perspective on events of the end times, we will not be better prepared and we will not be able to maximize the things God expects us to do prior to the coming. 
And then even when he comes, reading the book of First Thessalonians, and I told you earlier, the first book of Thessalonians, the first letter to Thessalonians, and the second letter are letters you want to spend time reading and meditating because they have a lot to say. As far as the Pauline letters are concerned, they have a lot to say about the end times. Almost no other book speaks to the subject of the end times much more than the letters, the two letters, apart from the, maybe the book of Revelation. But concerning the letters, these two books stand out. There are three, four things we are called to do regarding the end times. The first call is the call to wait. We are called to wait. We are called to work. We are called to watch. And we are called to witness. These are the four things the Bible shows us from the first book of uh, first and second book of Thessalonians that these are things we need to be doing. Every time we think about the end time, these are things we need to bring our minds to. One is to wait, two is to work, three is to watch, and four is to witness. And we looked at the call to wait. In our earlier teaching, we touched on the call to wait. And we said that we need to wait because of the certainty of his coming. Jesus said, I will come back. Because he said he will come back and he's not a man that he should lie. We need to believe him. And by believing him, we must be constantly waiting for him. Are you waiting for the coming of the Lord? Are you waiting in anticipation? Or you are waiting passively. Are you waiting? Readying yourselves for the coming of the Lord. So we need to wait. We need to wait because of the certainty. We need to wait because of the closeness. If there was any time for us to think that the coming of the Lord was near, it is now. The events that have surrounded, that, are, uh, that we have been exposed to as a world in the past few months, is one of those signs that clearly points out that the coming of the Lord is near. The Bible said there shall be pestilence in diverse places. In the history of humanity, it looks like there is no, there, there hasn't been a single person that has almost affected every part of the world like this one. That's what historians are saying. It has affected almost, in fact, the Spanish flu did not affect the whole of the world. But this one has affected almost every part of the world. Pestilence in diverse places. So it's close. The coming of the Lord is close. Don't join those who say, oh, if the Lord was sitting on a truck or he was riding a bicycle, he would have long come. No, don't be deceived. The coming of the Lord is close. A day is like a thousand with the Lord and a thousand is like a day with the Lord. So don't, don't God's timetable works differently from us. That's why we need to wait. And we said in waiting, we need to be like the five wise virgins who waited right. There are people who are waiting, but they are not waiting right. How do we wait right? We wait right by waiting in righteousness. The virgins kept their virginity. They were waiting in righteousness. And number two, they must, we must wait in readiness. We must be ready for the coming of the Lord. Are you ready? Are you ready? If you are born again as a child of God, rapturable you are. Sometimes I hear people say, you have to stay rapturable. rapturable. Well, if you are not born again, then you can think of staying rapturable. The, the, when they say rapturable, in, in other words, they say, be, be, be put, live in such a way that you will be raptured. But listen, if you are born again, accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you are his, you belong to the Lord. He said, whosoever cometh unto me, I shall in no wise cast out. So you are the Lord. But sometimes you are rapturable. So you are born again, you are rapturable. But when you are raptured and you get there, how ready are you for the things that shall be thereafter? So don't just stay rapturable. Stay ready. Be ready for the things that will come after you are raptured. Because when we are raptured, there are many things that will follow. Rewards will be given. 
our works shall be judged. So we need to be mindful of the kind of works that we are putting on because God will judge them. So we need to ready ourselves. And we said we need to ready ourselves in two ways. We ready ourselves by loving his appearing and we ready ourselves by looking forward to his appearing. Then we said the second call that Paul calls the Thessalonian church or Christians to is the call to work. The call to work. The call to work. We said that uh, usually when it comes to matters of the coming of the Lord, people relate to it in two ways. There are those who resign themselves, sometimes abandon work and begin to live passively, casually uh, towards life because they, they because of their imminent view of the coming of the Lord. They say, ah, Lord, the Lord is coming soon. So why do we need to work? Why do we need to build a house? Why do we need to buy a car? Why do we need to build churches? No. So they become passive through life, inactive, abandoning vision, abandoning purpose, and they are just living, waiting for the coming of the Lord. No, you see, you need to understand that life, normal human life and activity will not cease before Jesus comes. Understand that very well. Normal life will not cease. When you read Luke chapter 17, verse 26 to 30, it gives us an account. He said, just like the days of Noah was, so shall the days of the coming of man be. And in the days of Noah, he listed some of the things that were happening. People were marrying, people were having weddings, people were buying cars, people were building houses. And then the coming of the Lord came. So you see, if you think that everything will stop before Jesus comes, you have been deceived. Nothing will stop. Everything will be going on. The day he appears, somebody will be driving and he will be raptured. The day he appears, somebody will be walking and he will be raptured. Somebody will be eating and he will be raptured. Somebody will be sleeping. That's what the Bible says. So, normal activities will be ongoing. That's why you must not put your life on hold because you are expecting the Lord to return. So, we are caught. there are those who put their lives on hold and there are those who scoff at the coming of the Lord. They say, ah, if you would come, you would have come. I mean, forget about this nonsense of the Lord's coming and let's just live normal. Let's eat and drink and be merry for tomorrow we die. That's their philosophy. That philosophy is also deadly because God's ways are not our ways. His timetable is not our timetable. And then, of course, we touch on four, two kinds of works we are called to do. We are called to do natural work. We are called to do spiritual work. We are called to do the Lord's work. We are called to do natural work. Natural work has to do with bread and butter work. Going to work if you're a doctor. Doing carpentry work if you're a carpenter. Preaching the gospel and pastoring if you're a pastor like myself. So, natural work. That is the means by which we are able to live our lives on earth. The Bible said, he that will not work should not eat. It talks about natural work. Then, when you read 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 51, all the way to 58, it also talks about the coming of the Lord. And then when you read 58, it said, be steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. For as much as you know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. So, our work in the Lord, as much as you know, to be steadfast in the work of the Lord. In the work, there is something called the work of the Lord. Given to the cause of Christ. Given to reach out to souls. Reaching aggressively to lost souls. Working in the house of God. Making your time. Investing your time, your resources, your energy in the things of God. In building the kingdom of God. That is working for the Lord. So natural work and spiritual work. And we said we need to work for four reasons. In fact, there are five reasons but I gave you four. The fifth one will come at another time. Four reasons why we need to work. One, we work to release our potential. Two, we work to fulfill purpose. We work to fulfill purpose. 
Our lives and our purposes in life cannot be fulfilled without work. We work. God called uh, Noah and gave him the purpose of building the ark. And he had to work to make it done. So we work to fulfill purpose. And then we work to meet, to provide for our needs. We work to create a channel for God to provide, meet our needs. Our needs matter to God. The things that concern us, they concern, they concern God. And God has created work as a platform through which he meets our needs. That's why he says, he that will not work should not eat. A hard-working unbeliever is of greater value on earth than a tongue-talking believer. Lazy Christian. If you are a Christian and you are lazy, a hard-working unbeliever is better, is of greater value than you on earth. And take note, it's only on earth. It's only on earth. The unbeliever will become more productive and successful on earth. But on the other side, he is useless. But you too, you are, you are useful in heaven, but you are also useless on earth. And God does not want us to live that kind of life. We are the salt of the earth. We are the light of the earth, not in heaven. So our impact must be felt here. And one of the ways by which we impact the world is through our work. So we work to meet our needs. The Bible says, he that cannot provide for his own house is worse than an infidel. And of course, we work to create prosperity or generate prosperity. Prosperity is important. There is nothing good that can be done without prosperity. You are watching me through this medium now because there's prosperity for us to buy microphones, buy cameras, and do all the, these things. That's why in spite of the lockdown, we are still able to come to you. Everything that is worth doing in life can only be done with money. Everything that is worth doing. in this That's what the Bible said, on earth, money answered all things. It doesn't answer it in heaven, but on earth, it answered all things. You will prosper. You and your household will prosper. Nothing will make you poor in this life. Many people are lazy, poor because they are lazy. Many people are poor in life. They won't find something to do. They've written applications. It's not going through. Find something else to do because there is always a job somewhere you may not have to apply for. But we are, we are so wrongly educated that we leave school and we are, we are in a tie looking for jobs that you don't need tie to work, to do. So, many are lazy, poor because they are lazy. Poverty is not just a curse. It is a product of laziness. And may the Lord deliver you from the demon called laziness. Tonight and subsequently, we want to look at the third call, which is the call to watch. Go ahead and type in the comment box, the call to watch. The call to watch. The call to watch. Look at 1 Thessalonians chapter. And all of these calls are in 1 Thessalonians and 2 Thessalonians. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 verse 1. He said, but concerning the times and the seasons, brethren, you have no need that I should write to you. He says, for you yourselves know perfectly well that the, Lord, the day of the Lord so comes as a thief in the night. He said, you know, that the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night. That's where the watching comes in. The reason why in the bank at night you see security people there is because a thief can go there in, at night. At night, your house, when you are sleeping, you lock your door because thief can come there at night. The day of the Lord, and when the thieves are usually coming, they will not inform you. The Bible said the day of the Lord will come. I'm sure that if one day thieves wrote you a letter that they are going to come to visit you, <laughs> if you have something valuable in your house, you will go and not only hire police officers to come take care of the house. You will go 
and uh, see the army commander, 4 BN commander of Kumasi, to just get people to come and help you. That, that's what you do. That's what you will naturally do. You will, you will not, why? Because you know that once they've said it, if you don't take over, you are gone. So if you know that the thieves are going to come, you will keep watch. The Bible says, the day of the Lord so perfectly comes like a thief in the night. Because of this, we are told in Matthew, Matthew chapter 25, verse 13, that watch therefore, for you know not neither the day nor the hour which the Son of Man is coming. You don't know it. I don't know it. Nobody knows it. Over the years, people have uh, pretended or purported to have prophesied or announced the date that Jesus will come. All of such dates have failed. And people who believed in such date, some of them sold somewhere in the U.S., some of them sold their property, all kinds of things, just to wait for that day. The day came and nothing happened. Almost every decade or every major decade, people come up with predictions. Some people say we're not going to see the millennium. The millennium has come. And we have two decades in the millennium already. So people come with predictions. And they and listen, and sometimes I don't know why people just fall for lies. When scripture clearly says that no one knows a day. He said, watch therefore. What you are supposed to do is not to be finding out. That's what Jesus told them in Acts chapter 1 verse 4. He said, for the times and the seasons, don't worry yourself about them. Receive power and be my witness. That's what is important. It is not for you to know the time. Don't worry about it at all. Watch. I want you to watch. Because if you know the time, you may be lazy in your watching. So he says, watch. 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 You and I are called to watch. The call to watch is an important watch. That was what separated the wise virgins from the foolish virgins. They were ready with oil in their lamps to watch. The others did not uh, uh, pr- pr- provide adequate oil in the alarms and extra to keep them watching. Because we don't know how long we are going to be watching. But we are called to watch. We, so we are to watch constantly, always, every time. Watch. Because we don't know the hour. Why is it so important that scripture calls us to watch? Scripture calls us to watch when it comes to the matters of the coming of the Lord because of three reasons I want to share with you. One is because of the secrecy of his coming. We are called to watch because of the secrecy of his coming. We must watch because of the secrecy. The Bible said nobody knows. Matthew 25, 13. He said, what therefore for you know neither the time nor the hour or the, the hour in which the son of man is coming. So we must watch because of the secrecy of the time of his coming. We don't know the time is going to come. So we need to watch. We need to watch. That's the first reason why we need to watch. The second reason why we need to watch, and we'll come back, we will come back and finish with why we need to uh, the secrecy of his coming. The first reason is because of the secrecy of his coming. The second reason is because of the signs of his coming. The signs of his coming. We need to watch because of the signs of his coming. We need to watch because of the various signs, scriptural signs, natural signs he gave us, various signs. That shall herald the coming of the Lord. We need to watch because of that. And number three, we need to watch because of the suddenness of his coming. He will come suddenly. The Bible said in a moment, first, first, first Corinthians chapter 15, first Corinthians chapter 15, verse 51 to 52. He said, In a moment, in a twinkling of an eye, he shall come, we shall be changed. He appears, we are changed. 
So, the suddenness of his coming. So, we need to watch for three reasons. One, the secrecy of the time of his coming. Two, the, the signs of his coming. And three, the suddenness of his coming. Now, today we just want to close with the secrecy of his coming. The secrecy of his coming. That's what I want to focus on. The secrecy of his coming. Come with me to Matthew chapter 24, verse 3. Matthew chapter 24. Now, as he sat on the Mount of Olives, the disciples came to him privately saying, tell us when these things will be. Take note, please. If the Bible is yours, you can underline. When will these things be? Tell us when will these things be? And what will be the sign of your coming and of the end of it? Please take note. There are three questions. Two questions. Two questions here. Two major questions. One is two in one. He says, tell us when will these things be? When has to do with time? And then the second one has to do what will be the sign of your coming and then of the end of age. So the last one, which has to do with what has to do with the sign of his coming and the sign of the end of age. And in the book of Matthew 24, all of those things are talked about. Most of the time when we read them, we are tempted to think that everything there has to do with the sign of his coming. No, some of them have to do with the sign of his coming. Some of them have to do with the end of age the end of age. The end of age is different from the sign of his coming. So, it's important. The, the coming has to do with his coming for the church. His coming to rapture us is the coming. And the end of age is another matter which is a, a subject for a different discussion at another time altogether. So, he says, what tell us what will be when will these things be? Time two. What will be the sign of his coming? So, twofold question. The question of what and the, the, the question of when and the question of what. Two-fold question. Let's quickly look at them. The question. Jesus, he said, when would these things be and what will be the time of his coming? Now listen, the time question came first before the what question. The when came before the what. But in addressing the question or answering the question, Jesus chose to answer the what before the when. The what before the when. And let's look at it. Matthew chapter 24, verse 4. Jesus began to tell. Jesus answered them and said to them, Take heed that no one deceives you. For many will come in my name saying, I'm the Christ and will deceive many. Many will come in my name saying, I'm the Christ and deceive many. And you will hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that you are not troubled. For all these things must come to pass. But the end is not yet. For nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom and there will be famines, pestilence and earthquakes in various places. That's something we'll talk about. So that has to do with the what? Jesus said, don't let anybody deceive you. These are some of the signs that will herald my coming. These are some of the things that will precede my coming. Then he came to talk about the when. And the when is the subject of our discussion because the when cause us to watch because if you are not watchful we will miss the when so he said what will be the sign of his coming and jesus spent time to talk about it he talked about it and then he says when he came to the matter of the when you realize that he didn't say too much about it but to warn us that of the day and of the hour, no one knows. Matthew 24, verse 36. Of the day and of the hour, no one knows. Not even the angels of heaven. But 
my father only. Take note, my father only. My father only. Sometimes people think that uh, because Jesus said that, it means he himself does not know. You must understand that God the Father, God the Spirit, God the, God the Son are one. So if the Father knows, the Son knows. Uh-huh. So get that context. Whatever the Father knows, the Son knows. In, in his human, when he came in as human and was limited, certain things were limited from him. But as God, he knows all things. But he says that day, no angels, no, no human beings, no. God has put it in his own authority. Look at what the book of Acts says, Acts chapter 1, verse 6 to 7. Therefore, when they come together, they ask him, saying, Now listen, when it comes to the when question, people are always asking, When is Jesus coming? When is the end time? When is Jesus coming? People have always asked. When Jesus was around, you see the disciples went to him on the Mount of Olives. He said, tell us, when are you going to be coming? So they, and he answered them there that they shouldn't worry about it. When he died and was about to go to heaven, you'll be surprised. They still ask the same question. So when they were come together, they asked him saying, Lord, when will you at this time restore? Will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? talking about the end of age and the, the restoration of the kingdom of Israel and all of those things again. So he says, look at what Jesus, he said, the answer was still the same, verse 7. It is, he said to them, it is not for you to know. Whatever you need to know, God will let you know. That's why I don't like people speculating and deceiving people with their own dreams and visions, which have no basis in scripture. I had a dream, the rapture had occurred, you didn't go. And where were you? You went, but I didn't go. Who are you to decide whether I go or I don't go? Don't, don't allow yourself or people to deceive you with all these things. Scripture is very clear. When you stay with the word of God, you don't have trouble. It's, it's exciting. There is nothing you need to know God has not placed in his word. It's in the word. If you will study the word, you will know it. That's why it says, study to show yourself approved unto God, a workman that needed not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. He said, of the times and the season, it is not for you to know. Which the father has put in his own authority. The father has decided to keep it a secret. He has put a passcode on it. Nobody knows it. Nobody assess it. That's it. That's it. That's it. Look at First Thessalonians chapter 5. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 verse 1 to 4. But concerning the times and the seasons, brethren, you have no need. Brethren, you have no need. Somebody say you have no need. Type in there, you have no need. Concerning the times and the seasons, you have no need that I write unto you. You have no need. You have no need. I write unto you, brethren. Concerning the times and the seasons, what times? The time of his coming, you have no need that I write unto you. For you yourself know perfectly that the day of the Lord so comes as a thief. For when they say peace and safety, then sudden destruction comes upon them as labor pains upon a pregnant woman and they shall not escape. Verse 4. But you brethren are not in darkness. I like that. So that this day should overtake you as a thief. You are not in darkness. Live in light. That's what the Bible says. Walk in the light. Walk in the light. Walk in the light of God's word. When you walk in the light of God's word, you will not miss the rapture. You will not miss it at all. I'm telling you. I'm just excited telling you that you cannot miss the rapture walking in the light of God's word. Oh, walk, 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 walking in the light. Oh, walk, 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 walking in the light. Oh, walk, 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 walking in the light. Walking in the light of God. When you walk in darkness, you are not in darkness to be overtaken. 
You are in the light. You are a child of light. Go ahead and type, I'm a child of light. You are a child of light. He said he has translated us and delivered us from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of his dear son. So you are a child of light. And in light, you don't lack anything. In light, you see what you need to see. So don't be worried about it. We have not been given anything as far as those things are concerned. We have not been given anything. You see, nobody has access to the exact date. Anybody, I don't, and I don't care who the person is, archbishop, archpope, whoever, anybody who there tells you that God is going to come, Jesus is coming at this same date, that person is a liar, is a spirit of an antichrist, he does not know his Bible, he does not know God, and he's hired by Satan to deceive you. So stay away from such person. In as much as God has not given us access to the time, he has given us clues. Type clues. God's word has given us too many clues as pointers to the time. So we don't know the exact time, but there are many clues. And that is what he did in Matthew chapter 24, verse 36. Let's read that and then I'll close. But as the days of Noah, so will also the coming of the son of man be. That's a clue. For as in the days before the flood, they were eating, drinking, marrying, and giving in marriage until the day Noah entered the ark. And did not know until the flood came and took them all away. So also would the coming of the sun be. We have clues. One of the clues is that it shall be like the days of Noah. So when you read the book of Genesis and you see how people behave in the days of Noah and you look at it, that's exactly Noah was preaching, people were misbehaving. Noah was preaching, inviting people, come into the ark. They were not minding. It's the same thing. The same thing will happen before the coming of the Lord. So, when it has to do with the secrecy of his coming, it causes us to watch. We must watch because the time of his coming, we don't know. You have to be watched. Be sober, be vigilant. The Bible says, keep alert at all times. Stay alert. Don't be a sleeping Christian. Don't allow an enemy to come and sow tears in your field. Stay alert. While men slept, an enemy came and sow tears. May no enemy sow tears in your spiritual field. May your spiritual field be protected and secured. May you keep watch. May you receive grace to watch. May you receive grace from God to watch all through. May you not miss your season of watching. Because you don't know the hour. I don't know the hour. The only thing we can do is to watch. I'm sure that tonight you have been blessed. The call to watch is important because of three things. We said the call to watch is important because of the secrecy of his coming. The secrecy of the time of his coming. The call to watch is important because of the abundant signs given in scripture about his coming. And the call to watch is important because of the suddenness of his coming. Those three S, don't forget them. The secrecy, the signs, and the suddenness. May the Lord help you. May the Lord give you grace. May the Lord grant you wisdom and revelation. And may you be empowered to wait, work, and watch for the coming of the Lord. Remain blessed. Maybe you tune into this broadcast you just watched and you are not born again. If you are not born again, you have not joined a company of people who are waiting because if you are not born again, really, who are you waiting for and what are you waiting for? A self-judgment. 
The Bible said, for God so loved the word that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. He said, he that has the son had life, but he that had not the son had no life, and he has eternal he had domination waiting for him. So if you don't have Jesus, eternal domination is waiting for you. But it's great news to know that he wants to have you. He loves you. He died for you and he's calling you. This minute, if you want to accept Christ as your Lord and Savior, why don't you bow down your heads as you pray this prayer of faith with me. Pray, believing in your heart. Lord Jesus, I thank you for the opportunity to hear your word. I believe, I know I'm a sinner and I confess you to come into my life. Be my Lord and my Savior. I believe with my heart that you died for me. You rose again for my salvation. I confess with my heart that you are my Lord and my Savior. Thank you for saving me. If you pray that prayer in faith, I want you to realize that you are now a new creature. Even a man being Christ is a new creature. All things are passed away. Your spirit being is new. You are born again. We want to stay in touch with you, help you in your walk with God, help you to grow in your spiritual journey with God. Send us a mail. Send us a WhatsApp so we can reach out to you and be part of your job. God richly bless you. We look forward to reading your messages, your WhatsApp, and your mails. The Lord bless you. The Lord keep you and preserve you. Now may the Lord bless and keep you. The Lord prosper you. The Lord preserve you. May your going out and your coming in be blessed. In the name of Jesus, may every need of your heart be supernaturally supplied. In the name of Jesus, may the Lord guide you and your family. May the Lord preserve you and protect you from all harm, including this COVID disease. We thank you that it is established in the lives of your people. In Jesus' precious name. Amen. Pastor Afuakwa has just placed in your hands the key for all-round victory success and limitless prosperity to get a copy of this message and other messages as well as books by pastor afuakwa please call 0540-122-670 or email us at faithhousechapel at yahoo.com get interactive with pastor afuakwa on facebook twitter and instagram you can also visit our website at www.faithhousechapel.com for any further information. Log on and be part of our power-packed online services live every Sunday for our celebration service at 9am and every Wednesday for our discovery service at 7pm on Facebook and YouTube using the handle Faith House Charismatic Chapel International. God richly bless you. Hey!